I'm in business. I got the audio going for the Revelation podcast. And let me show you where I distribute my content at. And I got to flip over a switch. And sometimes I feel like I'm in an aircraft where I'm kind of bringing things up. All right. Over on Spotify, if you go to Spotify, if you type up TRP, the Revelation Podcast, this is the audio format. And you can see already Christians and Halloween believers is up. And also Christians and Halloween faith over fear. And go bounce over here. And I'll show you the Christ-centered channel. Because you see this is where I upload the visual. And... There's one thing I like to show you guys, and I always forget about telling you about it. This is my video resource for Christians and Halloween. These are the four or five videos that I've been using. This guy right here, former Satan's Warrens Christian. This guy's name is John Ramirez. He was a former Satanist, and so was this guy at the bottom where ex-witch warns Christians about Halloween. You could take a look at those videos, and you hear their testimonies. And it's pretty much what I've been sharing throughout Christians and Halloween. And tonight, you'll hear a lot of things that comes from this. History of Halloween. What it is, where it came from, its customs and traditions. And this comes from Truth unedited so I want to show you guys that before I go on with tonight all right we are continuing with Christians and Halloween and this is episode number six I believe I think it's yes it should be six because I'm trying to do the best that I can to put at least one a day between now and Halloween. So today is Tuesday, October 6th. So this should be the sixth video. The sixth video is entitled Halloween Promotes Murder. And I like to start where I normally begin. And I think along the way, I may start somewhere else. But I think right now, verse 8 of Revelation chapter 12, 21 will do. All right. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in a lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Back at the video where I talked about fear, I started with cowardly, and cowardly is interchangeable with the word fear. After I shared about fear, I went into unbelieving, and then the last video, which Halloween is abomination, we took a look at abominable, and so tonight, we are looking at the next word in verse 8 of Revelation chapter 21 with murderers. Now to do that, I like to provide a little brief history of Halloween. So you can see its darkness and it should encourage you not to want to participate in it. Well, the origins of Halloween can go back at least 2,000 years ago. They linked them back to the Celtic Druids. These priests were a combination of paganism, Satanism, and witchcraft. Samhain, the pagan feast, is where Halloween came from. It celebrates Lord of the Dead. What they believed on October 31st was a night that all the people that died that year are on their way to the afterlife. And the Lord of Death is trying to snatch them and bring them to hell. 
It's a night of murder with animal and human sacrifices. Druids would take animals and humans and burn them in wicker cages. You know, the word bonfire is actually bone fire. And it refers to the bones that was burned on the night before. Now, with Roman Catholicism, as it was spreading throughout the world, it adopted Samhain as its holiday. They basically kept the same practices, but just changed its name to All Saints Day. Catholics on All Saints Day pray to the saints. And that statement right there should alarm you. Yes, Catholics pray to the saints just like they pray to Mary. Now, the word of God is very clear. The person that we should be praying to is God. We should not be praying to Jesus' mother, Mary, and we should not be praying to the saints. Well, the Druids talk to the dead. They practice mediums. They practice the communication of the dead, which is a form of witchcraft. Also, they practice human sacrifices. Now, what I like to do is I like to switch gears and bring us into the 21st century. And I want to talk about the modern practice of human sacrifice. We call it eugenics. And I am going to be reading from the Wikipedia of what it is. Eugenics is a set of beliefs and practices that aim to prove the genetic quality of a human population. Historically, by excluding people and groups judged to be inferior or promoting those judged to be superior. Now, that should sound very familiar to us, especially when we read about history. You know, white people thought they were predominantly over black people. And that belief came from when they misinterpret the word of God. They believe because Noah cursed Cain, Ham's son, that the African race would be inferior to the white race. And that is not true. You know, the Bible says we should love everyone. And with God, there is no partiality. When we look at Revelation chapter 4, we see that all nations, are gathered into heaven's throne room. You know, we read about in the book of Acts where Philip witnesses to an Ethiopian. An Ethiopian is a black man. He shares the gospel with a black man. And then when we read about the church in Antioch where they were first called Christians, there was a gentleman by the name of Niger, and that kind of gives us the impression that he might have been a black person, you know. And so the gospel is not limited to a certain group of people based upon their color of their skin. You know, God made the human being very adaptable, you know. I mean, if a person, let's say like a white person that lived in Ireland for all his life, and then all of a sudden he moves to a tropical climate where it's warm all year round. And a great example of that I think of is um, MMA fighter Conor McGregor. He's a fighter that fights out of Ireland. Well, he had spent times in Las Vegas and Los Angeles. And you'll see that his skin gets tan. Now, I'm not sure if that's natural or by enhancement, but I think it's natural. He's a perfect example of what I'm trying to say is that our skins are very adaptable through different climates. I mean, if you take someone, let's say like in South Africa, you know, a black person, Obviously, he's going to be a little bit more blacker than a person that grew up, a black person that grew up in New York State. 
And that's just another example of how God created our skins to be adaptable in certain climates. Well, I went down a rabbit trail and I want to get back talking about eugenics. You know, eugenics is a modern practice of human sacrifice. Now, the concept predates the term. Plato suggested applying the principles of selective breeding to humans around 400 BC. Early advocates of eugenics in contemporary usage, the term eugenics is closely associated with scientific racism and Wikipedia uses the term white supremacy. Now, I don't think that's really a fair term because white people are not the only ones that are racist. I mean, you could go all the way through Asia and I'm sure India and a Pakistanian guy might be racist towards each other. You go to the Middle East, you have a Jew that's racist toward an Arab and an Arab racist towards a Jew and an Egypt racist towards a Jewish. And then you go all the way towards Asia. I'm sure you have China's racist against Japanese and you have South Korea or the Korean Peninsula racist towards Japan or Japan's racist vice versa. And then you bounce all the way back into Europe. And we know the history between Scotland, Ireland, and England, they didn't get along so well, and they're racist towards each other. And then you bounce back to North America, and you look at all the Indian tribes that were here. Now, all the Indian tribes that did not get along with each other, because I'm sure somewhere along the way that they did not like one or the other. And tonight, you're going to see why, and I will point that out. Now back to eugenics. Modern bioethicists bio who advocate new eugenics characterized as a way of enhancing individual, individual traits regardless of group membership. While eugenic principles have been practiced early as ancient Greece, the contemporary history of eugenics began in the 20th century when a popular eugenics movement emerged in the United Kingdom and then spread to many countries, including the United States, Canada, and most European countries. Now, I know I read a lot of scientific terms, and I believe that's the devil's way of trying to make what he's trying to do very confusing. His famous eugenics person was Margaret Sanger. Let me repeat her name again, Margaret Sanger. And some of you may be familiar with that name. She practiced eugenics with a purpose to extinguish the black race. Now that clue right there may help you on who Margaret Sanger is. Her practice was called the League of Birth Control until 1942, when it changed its name to Planned Parenthood. Yep, that's right. Margaret Sanger is the founder of Planned Parenthood. And when abortion became legal in 1973, it became a legal form of eugenics. One of the purpose of eugenics is to depopulate the earth. There is a group of people that we don't see that believe they are a superior race. This is a very small group of people. And they do all they can to depopulate the earth, whether it be in an abortion or 
euthanasia. Euthanasia is a terminalization of the elderly. Well, more than 400,000 black babies are aborted each year. That's more than 1,100 black lives each and every day. The abortion industry specifically targets women of color. Nearly 80% of Planned Parenthood abortion facilities are located within walking distance of neighbors with proportionally higher minority population. You see, like the Celtic Druids, Planned Parenthood and other forms of eugenics are the same thing. They are murdering God's creation. Now, I looked at the statistics over the years in abortion. In 1973, you had 615,831 babies aborted. Then six years later, 1.2 million. If you add up all the abortions, then there's been more casualties in abortion than most of the wars that we've had. And maybe even including World War II and our war in Iraq and the number of people that died on 9-11 as much as the people that died that day, the number is still small when you compare it to the number of abortions. Eugenics modern practice of human sacrifice goes against God's commands. Now, have you guys ever heard about why we have pumpkins out of our front doors for Halloween? If you research then you see that the pumpkins replace on what the druids did. The druids placed severe heads on people's porches. Now, what if that pumpkin represented some sort of homosexual nature and the castles decided to place it with a pumpkin? Would you and your family still use pumpkins? Now, in my video of Halloween is abomination, I was pointing out the nations that was abomination to God because of their practice of homosexuality and witchcraft. You know, in the United States and in Western cultures, we tolerate witchcraft more than homosexuality. Well, within God's eyes, they are both an abomination. So you can see that throughout Halloween, it promotes murder and death. I mean, look at all the horror movies related to Halloween, that they promote human sacrifice and murder. They desensitize us to get comfortable with it and that it's okay and that it's glorified. Well, the Word of God paints exact opposite picture when it comes to human sacrifice and murder. And in Exodus, tap, Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, we read one of the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. And this is the sixth commandment. The sixth commandment. You shall not murder. You shall not murder. God's very clear that you should not murder. Whereas Satan tricked a lot of people thinking that murder is okay. Long before God established this 
commandment. Men already knew that murder was wrong. And to begin seeing that, let's take a look at the first murder in the world. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 8 through 15. Now, this is a story of the first two siblings of the world. Cain was the first child that Adam and Eve had, and then they had Abel. Cain took care of the ground, whereas Abel took care of livestock. And what we're reading is right after Cain, Cain does not bring a good sacrifice like Abel did. Abel had favor from God, so Cain was envious and jealous of Abel. And this is what happens after that in verse 8. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? Now God already knew what Cain had done. Well, just like with his father, he gave him an opportunity. And this is what he said. The voice of your brother, God says, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. So God's already given Cain his punishment. And Cain knew he was guilty. Look at what he said. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Should you have driven me out from this day, from the face of the ground? I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. The Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone find him should kill him. So Cain already knew he was guilty. At that time, God had not written a law that thou shalt not kill. And yet Cain knew he was still guilty. And here's why. To see that, let us go to Romans chapter 2, verse 15. Romans chapter 2, verse 15. Who showed the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience, also bearing witness and between themselves, their thoughts, excusing or also excusing them. A conscience is a general revelation to God. And that's how we get an idea of what is right and what is wrong. When Cain murdered Abel, his conscience revealed to him that he was guilty. So we see that long before God established the Ten Commandments, that men already knew that murder was wrong. Halloween promotes human sacrifice. So it promotes murder. Murder is an expression of hate, which is why it is dark. Murder is one of the works of the flesh. And let us go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. And we will see that it is works of the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are 
evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past. So Paul told him, told them these things, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. With the list of works of the flesh can, can be compared to the acts of Halloween. When you looked at adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, and we look all the way at the bottom, murders. We read about the origin of Halloween. We saw how the Celtic Druids did animal and human sacrifice on that night. Now, you don't actually have to murder someone to be guilty of murder. You see, the act of murder begins in the heart. And to see that, let's go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 19. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19. Jesus says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. With what Jesus says, you see that along with evil thoughts in the heart, that also murder comes from it. And Jesus reveals that you don't have to actually murder someone to be a murderer because if you hate a person, that makes you like a murderer. And we can see that on the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 22. He says, you have heard that was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of counsel. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell hell fire so in other words if you hate your brother you are like a murderer and you will end up in the same place which will be in hell now let us go see on how Christians are supposed to live with one another and is the exact opposite of those that practice Halloween. Let us go to 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says, If we say that we have fellowship with, in other words, if we're a follower of Jesus and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So in other words, if you say you are a Christian and practice Halloween, you are a liar that does not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, and we follow Jesus, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That means that when we are born of the Spirit, that we walk in the light and we have fellowship with others that are also born of the Spirit. And we have that right because Jesus washed away all of our sins. 
And this is how we're supposed to live with one another. And let us go in the first John chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. He says, Brethren, John, brother, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have from the beginning. The old commandment is the word, which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him, in you. Because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Those that participate in darkness as Halloween do not love others. He who loves his brother abides in the light. So if you love others that Christ has commanded to you, that means you abide in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. That means that you are free from sin because you walk in the light and you obey what Jesus commands us. But he who hates, hatred is another word for racism and hatred leads to other acts of sin such as violence harming and murdering but he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes those that practice halloween have their eyes blinded with darkness and it could take them down a path where they will not return. Now we see John comparing light and darkness and love and hate. Those that follow the light practice love. Those that follow darkness practice hate, and other kinds of evil according to the flesh. Earlier on, I talked about Cain. And in John's letter, he brings him up. And let's just go on to 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. He says, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. There you go. Love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one. In other words, he was under Satan and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteousness. Like Cain, the Celtic Druids' works were evil. And that was seen in their sacrifice of human beings. They did that because they had hate in their hearts, and they hated others. They were under the Lord of Darkness, another name for Satan. And John goes on, verse 4, Do not marvel, my brethren, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. God loves us. He expects us to love him and to love others. On the night before his crucifixion, he gave them an example to follow by the washing of their feet. He was a humble servant, and he was getting ready to die. He tells them that night that greater love is a friend that's willing to lay his life down for others. Well, Jesus laid down his life for us so that we don't have to experience hell and fire. Because we've been born of the Spirit, we have eternal life. We live our lives in the Spirit. And part of that is to love one another. Because whoever hates his brother, listen, is a murderer. 1 John chapter 3, verse 15 is the same thing that Jesus said on Sermon on the Mount, that if you hate your brother, that makes you a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And that goes along with Revelation chapter 21, 
verse 8, that those that practice murder will experience the lake of fire. Now, the practice of human sacrifice is an abomination to God. And in the word, we will see why it is an abomination to him. Now, a lot of us owns nice things. Like things that we bought or things that we made. You know, there's a lot of people in this world that like to build up cars. And they do a really nice job. When they are finished, they'll take it to a car show and they'll show their car to others. Now, let's say someone was very jealous and very envious. And so this person decided to damage their car. Well, how would you think that these people would feel? You know, they'll feel angry, you know, and they'll feel really upset. Why? Because someone damaged their property. Now, our bodies are not our own. Keep that in mind as we see why the practice of human sacrifice is abomination to God. And let us go into the beginning of the Bible with Genesis. Genesis chapter 6. And I'll be reading verses 11 and 12. The earth. Now this was before the flood. The earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with with violence so God looked upon the earth and indeed it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth so what did that corruption look like well to get sort of an idea on what that looked like let us go in Leviticus chapter 18 Verses 20. Well, we'll go Leviticus chapter 18. Leviticus chapter 18. And we'll go to verse 20 through 21. But I want us to look at verse 24. It says, Do not defile yourselves with any of these things. For by all these things the nations are defiled, which I am casting out before you. The people before the flood lived in a corrupt way, and God judged the earth with a worldwide flood. That's pretty much the same thing as God casting out nations that defile themselves. And what was one of the things that they defiled themselves with? Well, let's look at verse 21. And you shall not let any of your descendants, and God is speaking to the Israelites through Moses, and you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire to Molech. Nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Doing a human sacrifice as a form of fire to Molech is the same thing that the Celtic Druids did with their human sacrifices. And it's the same thing that we do today with our modern form of eugenics in the form of an abortion. And look at what God said more about human sacrifice in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 2. He says, again, and this is important. God's telling them this again. That's how important it is. Again, 
you should say to the children of Israel, whoever of the children of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel who gives any of his descendants to Molech, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I will set my face against that man. And like the nations that were before the Israelites that were defiled, and will cut him off from his people. In other words, God will judge him. He judged the people before the flood because of their act of violence with human sacrifices. And in the future, he will judge people in the lake of fire that practice human sacrifices and murder in the form of eugenics like an abortion. And some are still saying, well, what does Halloween have to do with it? I mean, are you that blind that you cannot see the dangers of Halloween? I mean, just go to your local store that sells Halloween stuff. And you'll see it's nothing but murder and death. They keep the dreams of the Celtic Druids alive with the celebrating of Halloween. They worship Satan on his birthday. And I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking to believers that think it is okay to drink from the cup of the Lord and also drink from the cup of demons. I mean, someone says, well, I'm not really drinking from the cup of demons. Well, you might as well if you're participating in Halloween. Now, remember, I gave the analogy of the car owner, you know, and remember how a car owner would feel if a person wrecks their car. Remember that because that kind of gives us an idea of how God feels when we murder and participate in human sacrifices. From Leviticus chapter 20, go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12. Verse 1. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, in other words, the Christians, by the mercies of God, we are all alive because of God's mercy. That you present your bodies, it's a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. So in other words, God has given these bodies to honor him in all that we do. We should not use our bodies to destroy the bodies of others, and we should not destroy our body by ourselves with abuse of alcohol and drugs you know a lot of sick things that satanism and hollywood does are the same things that the nations did before israelites it this vile nation did disgustful things that's not even worthy mentioning like you know today in hollywood you have them participate in the same satanic rituals that the Celtic Druids did. There was a famous actress who went to the graveyard and dug her brother from a grave so that he could be part of the party that they were doing. Now, that's not a normal mind, but that's the works of the devil. Now, to continue to see that our bodies are not our own, but they belong to God, let us go to another letter to Paul's. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. He says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So when we are born of the Spirit, our body is subjection under the Holy Spirit. 
We walk in the Spirit. Our souls decide to lead our body according to the Spirit, whom we have from God, and we are not our own. For you were bought at a price, the blood of Jesus. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. When we are born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit regenerates our spirit. So we are no longer under the Lord of darkness of Satan, but we are under Christ. We belong to Christ, and we have the love of Christ. So we shall love others as God has commanded us to do. Now, we should follow God and we should do what is good. And to see that, let us go into 3 John verses 1 through 3 John chapter 1 verse 11. He said, Beloved, and John is talking to Christians, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil. So Christians, do not practice Halloween, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil, like participate in Halloween, has not seen God. You know, we were bought with the blood of Christ. So we should live in the light and we should not live in darkness. Those that okay human sacrifice in the form of eugenics live in darkness and they do not see God. And let's bounce back to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? In this command we have for him. That he who loves God must love his brother also. You see, as followers of Christ, we should not hate others, but love others just as Christ has commanded us. Now, loving another brother does not necessarily mean we have to agree with everything that they said. I mean, if they are living contrary to the word, well, we still have to stand upon truth. And even if we stand upon truth, we can still love our brother. And we see in the letters of John, again, that he contrasts love and hate, darkness and light. If we abide in Christ, then we are in the light and we have no hate. If we say that we abide in Christ and we hate brothers, we are liars and we don't abide in the light, but we abide in darkness. I mean, John continues to go on and it's worth taking a look at 1 John chapter 9 verses 9, 1 John chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 again. He who says he is the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And I want to close with first first Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 first Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 now the spirit the holy spirit expressly says that in latter times in the end times 
Some will depart from the faith. They end up departing from the faith because they choose to live in darkness while they try to live in the light. And through that, they give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. In other words, that they say that they love God, but hate their brother. Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Their heart of flesh that God gave them when they were born again becomes hardened by a hot iron. And that's where they're cut off from God. God did not send them that way, but they choose by participating in the darkness. And that's what happens when Christians continue to participate in Halloween and other acts of evil. They sacrifice themselves to the devil. And they become under the father of lies and the murderer of all murderers. You see how Halloween is associated with murder? It influenced your heart with evil. And it influenced your heart to hate. Because the darkness does not like the light. The darkness hates. And it does not love. Halloween promotes murder. Amen. Oh,